You have tuned in to Authors Up here on ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network. Your hosts are authors Ruth Griffin, Andrea L. Hines, and yours truly, Victoria Henderson Poole. We love what we do, and we know it is every author's desire to get their work to a greater audience. Authors Up is a forum for authors by authors those who are already published, and those who want to be, along with other writers and playwrights. Here, we provide an opportunity for their work to be showcased as we share our own, gain tips and tools, information and insight to not only enhance the writing process, but be able to just enjoy the journey. Those who are willing to put pen to paper will usually have a story they are willing to tell and they are invited to tell it right here. And if you are not a writer yet, no worries. We want you to be a part of our listening audience. So take notes if you like, send in your questions, or just feel free to comment on the candid conversation because it's time for Authors Up. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Authors Up. You have tuned in to ALH Broadcasting, an affiliate of the Streaming Inspirational Broadcast Network, and this is our favorite place to be on Sunday evenings. We hope you are making it your favorite place to be because we love having you with us and sharing uh, all of the great information that we have and meeting some wonderful, wonderful authors and so we are glad to have you tonight. I welcome you to the program. And I'm here with my co-hosts, uh, Ruth Griffin and Victoria Henderson-Poole. And Ruth, would you like to greet our listeners tonight? Absolutely. We welcome you. We thank you for joining us tonight. We know there's other stuff you could be doing, but we're always happy to have you here. And how about you, Victoria? Oh, good evening, everyone. Good evening, Bronze Girls. Glad to be with you, too. <laughs> I've still, you know I'm I've still I got to get you to that. You're going to say that till it sticks. We're going to be saying that for a very long time. <laughs> well, as you all know, we like to start our program with a, a little bit of a week in review and kind of talk about what we've been up to since we were together last. And I tell you, Bruce, Bruce has had the a corner on good news here lately, and I know she's got some good news she's going to share tonight. So, Ruth, why don't you get started? Well, of course, and I have really good news. So I have been, um, so my good news is that I, I got a job. I, I've been, um, I, I got a great job. So I have been unemployed <laughs> since the uh, first of the year. So 2021, great start. But you know what? God has kept us in the most amazing way. 
And, it, it, you know, it, it's been stress-free. It's been, I'm not saying I've been sitting around the house doing nothing, but it has just been a really <laughs> good first quarter. And I am just looking forward to my new position. I'm looking forward to having my own office, which is awesome. Oh, looking forward. Look at you. <laughs> I know. God moves you up. He moves you up. You know, I was the person outside the office before. Now I have the office. So I am excited. Oh, and hopefully next it. week I will, yep, I'll have a report on how my first week went. And I'm, I'm just thrilled. Oh, it's going to be a good report. You, you've been on vacation. Oh, yeah. That's what has happened. You've been on vacation. <laughs> now you're going back to work. <laughs> best time. Three months vacation. I'm good. Awesome. Congratulations. I think that is wonderful. I think that is Thank wonderful. You. Thank you. Well, I I have um, my little update is not nearly as exciting. <laughs> I don't have an office or an assistant or anything like that. <laughs> yes, you do. Your assistant is getting ready to go back to work. <laughs> we won't okay. we won't put that in the atmosphere right now. <laughs> I need this next week with you, Ruth, you know I do. <laughs> but I said that I was going to um begin my health journey and I have done that and I'm very happy to report that I have. I've been uh, trying to stick to have not done it as well as I wanted to, but uh, just doing some uh, doing intermittent fasting and mm-hmm. um, trying to I'm getting more and more of my water in intake in, which I'm glad to be doing. Haven't been outside exercising, but let me tell you what the stairs in my house are making up for all of that. All of that. That's where my mm-hmm. steps are coming in, boy. So I no longer despise the, the those things of, oh, I left my glasses downstairs. Or, oh, I didn't put my phone on the charger. <laughs> Welcome those opportunities to go up and down those stairs one more time. So That's right. So I am am glad I am sticking to it. And you guys keep holding me accountable for uh, being able to make these changes. Subtle and slow, though they may be, um, they are effective, and I'm I'm glad that I'm doing it. I'm glad that I'm Mm -hmm. doing it. So that was was me for the week. Yep, yep, yep. And I will have some other things to report after my assistant and I get together during this. <laughs> you better get it. I better get it. I better get it while I can, right, Victoria? And what was going on in your week? Well, I, you know, thank you for reporting because I was going to ask you. Now I don't have to ask you how you did. <laughs> so, thank you for being honest. Well, um, yeah. nothing much has gone with me, but um, I have been keeping up my health maintenance program. Um, I'm proud to report about six pounds down, and I'm so proud. Good for you. All right. Yay, yay. Wonderful. Yes, that's the first weekend. So, um, you know, it's been going really well, and I don't know what it is, but I, I believe God is really in this this time with me, and because I asked him to be in it with me. And the food that I'm fixing it just tastes so good. 
Mm-hmm. So to my to myself, it's just as good as if I was eating that hamburger and the, those Milano cookies, and it's just a really no, tasty. no, no. <laughs> <laughs> to me, maybe I'm psyching myself out. Maybe I'm psyching myself, but I'm I'm just grateful that I'm I'm able to make a variety of healthy foods. And as far as my tongue is concerned, I have not been missing anything out on taste. And I know the benefits mm-hmm. that I'm doing to my body is great. And so I'm just feeling good about it. And um, my um, husband and my youngest daughter has decided that they're going to, you know, do a little bit with me. So maybe I'm turning them a little bit. My youngest one, she says, uh, she's not going to give up meat. You know, I still have to have meat. So, um, But we're but- going to start as a family, at least make sure we're doing more fruits and vegetables. See, and you know what? You know what I did. I put, um, I got some zucchini and some squash and seasoned it really well, and put it in mm-hmm. the air fryer. I am oh, discovering mm-hmm. how much I love my air fryer. It was so nice and kind of crispy, and it just had good flavor to it. And I didn't have any <laughs> oil, didn't use any oil, any butter, anything like that. So I'm oh, learning wow. the benefits of air air fryers. I love them. I love them. I love them. I'm going to have to invest in one. Everybody keeps telling me, but I don't have one yet. But that's okay. It's coming. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they're definitely worth it. They're yes, definitely it worth you, it, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's enough on us. We are going to go into, we have a wonderful guest sitting by waiting for us, listening in the wings. And tonight we have with us Darren O'Neill. And let me start out with giving you a a biography about Mr. Well, that's not what we call it, right? Yes, we do. Biography. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Mr. Darren O'Neill, and we're going to be talking tonight about his book, Discover the New You. Darren is a Pentecostal minister, psalmist, author, prophetic intercessor, talk show host, and entrepreneur who currently resides in North Carolina. The call of ministry impelled Darren to surrender his life to the Lord. One yes to God caused a whirlwind success in Darren's life. This prophetic voice motivates and cultivates mediocre people to experience a deeper relationship with God. He has encouraged many who've experienced his ministry to awaken their prophetic destiny and success. As a proclivity for hard work, Darren has authored six, count them, six empowering books, such as the Book of Encouragement in three series, 18 Days of Empowerment for Men, Discover the New You, which we will be discussing tonight, and the Seven Channels of Prayer, which is coming the summer of this year. He is also an accomplished recording artist. Darren released More of You and Amazed, now available on all digital outlets. As a prophetic intercessor, he released two prayer and intercession projects, Prayer, Power, and Meditation Project, and Prophetic Prayer. He is the founder of the Darren O'Neill Show, which streams live every Wednesday and Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. In addition, he is the CEO and founder of Darren O'Neill Enterprises, LLC. 
Darren continues to host conferences, workshops, and virtual sessions, such as the Prayer Lifestyle Sessions, to provide an extraordinary understanding of the universal truths of God from the church to the marketplace. His success is accredited to the Word of God, Psalm 1-3, uh, and he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth his fruit in. His season, his leaf also shall not wither, whatever he doth shall prosper. You know what to do, listeners. Send up some hearts as we welcome Darren O'Neill. Darren, welcome. Oh. <laughs> Okay. Your personal cheering section tonight, Darren. (laughs) Hear it. (laughs) Well, Darren, we are so happy to have you here on our show tonight. Welcome. Hello. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Of course, of course. (laughs) Now, like Andrea said, you are the author of several books, and tonight we'll be discussing Discover the New You. Why don't you tell us a little bit about it? So um, Discover the New You um, is more of a personal um, story of my life. Um, All of the books that I've written uh, was more of an encouragement to people, you know, to help encourage, empower, and help evolve them to the next level of their life. However, with this project here, I opened up my life, my world, my mind a little bit. Um, Discover the New You just simply talks about the new us, which is originally the intent of God from the beginning. So it's not so much of I'm just discovering this new sci-fi thing. No, it's actually going back to discover God's original um, identity for our lives. So um, with that, I had to go through um, a lot of different processes, a a lot of transition that helped me to become aware of who God was in me. And so this book, I believe, um, and it has blessed people in a way of discovering who they really are. Mm -hmm. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Do you feel that you have... um, a specific audience, and I ask, you know, you, you start with, you know, speaking about prophecy and um, just your call in general, and, you know, that, that may, may not apply to everyone who reads the book. Do you feel that, you know, everyone will benefit from it? Is there a certain person that you're talking to, or is it just the body of Christ in general? Um, it is uh, targeting the body of Christ. Um, just like in the Word of God, you know, I believe it was Moses that said, I'm, I wish that all men would prophesy, which means that mm-hmm. we all have the capability to prophesy. We just don't because we have not been made aware of what prophecy really is. Um, we mm-hmm. hold prophecy to an title, prophet, when there mm-hmm. is two slightly different entities of what that is and how that operates. So um, the body of Christ, I know, will be um, awakening. So the book is if I may say, a.k.a., like a better word, awakening or awareness to people, understanding the fact that they do have the capabilities to prophesy. So the reason why it starts off with a prophecy is because um, it's, it's, 
kind of leading or guarding to the church, um, to people who have, whether if they are in ministry or whether they're just a lay member and they're trying to figure out what is happening in my world or may just have some questions for their lives. But most things do start with an activation of the prophetic anointing in which as, you know, we're just speaking those things which be not and believing those things in which God says to us. So absolutely, um, it's targeting the church um, in, in a bigger picture. Okay. Okay. I'm glad you explained that because I think most people you do view it as, you know, the position um, and don't fully understand what um, God's intent was with that. So um, thank you. Uh, now, you are a minister, a psalmist, a prophetic intercessor. What, what inspired you to start writing? Um, on your website, you have the tagline, Encourage, Empower, Evolve. Evolve. Do you see that? Do you see writing as an evolution of your profession? Oh, no, yes. Um, but I did not think that I would have um, written these much books. Now, back in school days, um, I'm only 29, so when I was in high school, I did not like English at all. I did not like reading at all. <laughs> really? Um, <laughs> however, oh. you know, I was just in the <laughs> – I know. I did not like it at all. I was like, no, it, it just did not interest me. Um, however, I just took all honors classes and, you know, honor history, and I'm like, why am I putting myself through this But I passed. <laughs> but, um, no but yes, so I, I, be, I began to uh, start writing. And so as I began to write, um, I remember in my last former church, um, I was, um, this was before I was ministering, and um, my last former pastor, she was just like, I, I need y'all to do a declaration checklist. So that's where it all began. And um, I was about 16, 17 years old at the time, and um, I made a checklist, a declaration checklist, and I woke up every morning repeating that checklist to myself until the deliverance came, until the process I felt began to happen in my life. And um, eventually I began writing out um, my life, writing out my journey, writing out, you know, my sermons, writing that stuff out before I even even walked into the call. And so um, that's kind of how, how it began. I did not, if you, if you were to tell me I would, you know, have written these and more to come, I probably wouldn't <laughs> believe because I didn't like reading at all. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, that's, you know, and it's funny how that works because I think most people, I mean, I, I personally have always been a reader, but I, I never imagined mm -hmm. that I would write books. And it's just, it, it's amazing how it evolves from one thing to the next. Um, I, I'm curious about your, uh, what you just said, the declaration checklist. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. Um, there was a sermon um, I remember very vaguely. Um, she was preaching um, on, I guess, like becoming um, uh, more stable in God of some sort of that nature. It was years ago. And um, the checklist is pretty much just bullet points of who you are. So I, the, the declaration checklist was, you know, I, I, I will put, I am strong in God, just something as simple as that. I'm a conqueror. Mm -hmm. You know, I will overcome. I am delivered. 
God is, you know, my source. Just things like that. I will, I will write that, and I will post that on my mirror, on my dresser, and every single morning I will get up and I will look at that declaration checklist, and I will verbally, vocally repeat that out loud to myself while looking at myself in the mirror um, because I was going oh, wow. through a lot of things during that time. And so um, just speaking that, not even understanding that that was even me just speaking over my life, prophesying over my life, speaking a word over my own life, and that's what helped bring about the change. Oh, wow. Amen. That's awesome. That sounds like something we all should do. Oh, um, yes. <laughs> so, well, awesome. Um, Darren, I'm going to hand you over to Andrea. She's going to have a few questions for you. Okay. Well, um, first of all, thank you for being here, Darren, and, and uh, we are just really excited about the book. I know that I was as I was reading it, and there were some some things that I really wanted you to to um, expound upon for us. And you did you did a little bit, but I'm still going to going to ask this question because of uh, when you were talking about the prophetic and all of that. There is a question in the very beginning uh, of the book, and it says, "How how do I know that I'm prophetic? How do I know that I'm prophetic?" And I'd like for you to expand on that for us. Yes. Um, so as, you know, previously stated, you know, the Bible states that, um, I, you know, Moses said, I wish that all men would prophesy. I believe that you know for sure um, just a condensed version, you know for sure you are prophetic is when you have the ability to step out on nothing and to speak a thing and to watch that manifest before you. I believe that we all have the ability to produce um, and to reproduce, whether if that is through um, business, whether that is through just ministry or what have you. Um, being prophetic means that you have the ability or you're sensitive to the power of the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is, you know, you're led by him. The Bible states that um, he that is led by the Spirit of the sons and daughters of God. So being prophetic is just an, um, I don't want to say, a, I don't want to say a prerequisite, but it is a part of the identity of our nature just as believers. Um, and so if you don't know if you're prophetic, I'm afraid you may not know your identity as far as being a son and God. And when I say son, I mean either, gen- you know, gender, female mm-hmm. or male. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, there were three things that, that you mentioned that I wanted you to expand on, too. Um, you, you talked about um, operating in the spirit of evolutionary faith, and later yeah. on in the book, um, you talked about ignited faith and incomparable faith. Can you explain to us the difference between those three? Oh, sure. Um, Ignited Faith, um, that is actually one of the books of the Book of Encouragement and Ignited Faith. I think that was my third book. Ignited Faith is the faith that has been caught on fire for God. Um, Not only caught on fire for God, but caught on fire for your purpose. Um, A lot of people do not know their purpose. They don't know their essence of being, of who they are. So they lack a level of faith to get things accomplished or to get things done, whether if that is just to finish. Uh, Many people have this generational curse of not finishing things, um, and sometimes it comes from fear. Sometimes it just comes from the lack of faith, you know. And so ignited faith just deals with that fire, that intensity. And most of the 
the that ignited faith mostly comes from really, really, really fiery trials, transition, uh, warfare, things of that nature. Um, so incomparable faith is a faith that cannot be compared to the last level of faith or another faith. You know, the Bible said that God has given us a faith that he has once given unto the saints. And so the incomparable faith is a faith that is undefeated. It, 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 it's a side of faith or a level of faith um, where your faith is not deterred, you're not shaken, you're not move, you're grounded, and you're able to go out and to accomplish whatever the goal, whatever the vision is that God has set forth for your life. And so anything that opposes that area of faith in your life, you know, it does not hinder, it does not destroy. Um, and in that incomparable faith, <coughs> excuse me, um, it is backed up with Luke 10 and 19, when God says, hey, I give you power to trade over serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. The incomparable faith is a faith of where you do not fight with the enemy, but you legislate him. So it's a, it's a place of position. Right. Um, oh, I like that. I like say yeah. that again. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's a place uh in other words yes it's a place of when you uh hold on you my mind just went blank what what did i just say jesus <laughs> it's a place of where you do not legislate, fight with the enemy legislate was that word that absolutely <laughs> you yes. do not you do not you do not fight with the enemy but you legislate and so mm. you you understand your position in god remember like we said why we start off the book with prophecy is it, it all leads back it all plays a part of the faith family. I am a man of faith, and I know that. And so most of the trials and things that I have overcome is because of the level or the intensity of faith that I have to believe I know that I am a son in God, so I have the ability to prophesy. So if I sit in a rank in God, in Jesus, that means I sit in a position where I do not fight with low-level devils. I legislate them. I tell them Mm. where to go and I go to sleep at night. So that's a part of the mm. incomparable faith. Yeah, and then we have the evolutionary yeah. faith. The evolutionary faith is the faith of where your faith evolves to the next place of maturity in God. This is the place of where God does not answer all of your questions. He do not come through right away. You have to walk out your process, and your faith has to be built. It's just like going to the gym. When you go to the gym, you lift the weights. You don't see immediate results. But after a while, after you keep exercising your muscles, you will then see the results that you want. So the evolutionary phase has everything to do with evolving, moving, transforming. It's a metamorphic change where you slowly change into that level of faith in God where now you don't need anybody to kind of fire you up. You don't need anybody to remind you or to affirm you or or just to validate you on what to do with your life, you have that built in you from God through our Lord Jesus Christ, and now you can move out in an evolutionary faith and, and cause uh, literally a revolution within your, your sphere of influence. Hmm. Now faith I is. I tell you what, that, I like that. I like all of that. That was, that was really good. Really good. <laughs> now, I, have, I have one more thing, and it was um, I, I I loved this. (laughs) I'm just going to start right there. I love this because I think it is so very, very important. And uh, in the book you were saying being around the right people will either build or break an individual. Being around the right people will either build or break an individual. And I think you – 
broken the social world down into six sections, I believe. Um, yes. And, and at some point you said in an individual's life they have to rid themselves of any toxic environment of people that will contaminate or hinder the growth of who they are becoming. Now, in, in, these, in these six sections, um, give me the two that you think are, are really at the top of the list. All of them are equally important, I believe, and all of them are, are equally well stated. And I know the two that were important to me, <laughs> but as, as the writer and the author, what, what, if you had to pull two from these six, which would they be as the, as the most important for you? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> I would say learning the difference between my assignments and discerning Section 6 where it's just absolutely no, ma'am, no, sir. The reason, why is, the reason why is because sometimes when, when you're starting out and, and understanding the fact that those who know me know that I have been, as far as this ministerial person, and when I say that, not so much of a title, but to minister to people. I love people. I have a heart for people since the age of, what, 13, 14, my mom will probably, could probably tell you. So I did not know how to separate the friendship, the companionship from the assignment, from the no ma'ams and the no sirs. Because with the assignments, it's just like school. When you're done with the assignment, what do you do with it? You turn it into the teacher. I didn't know how to turn that assignment back over. So I held on to it, and then I thought it would form into a brotherhood or a sisterhood, but in return ended up hurting me because I did not know how to strategically place these people in my mind or in my world of, you know, of, of social, of, you know, mm-hmm. my social world. So that's mm-hmm. why I would say the assignment, learning the difference between the two. And um, the no ma'am and no sir, when, when I say, when I wrote that, um, sometimes you can just see an individual and you can discern them and you can just be like, this ain't going to work, number one. <laughs> number two, um, you just do not care. <laughs> and number three, you just you just ain't it. You know, some people you can just talk to and you just be like, all right, I love you. I'll talk to you. You're good. But then there are other people you can just look by their demeanor. The Bible says try the spirit by the spirit to see if it's of God. And you'd be like, uh-uh. And the, and the very important part about that is this. Some of the people that was a part of that no ma'am, no sir, was right in the pulpit, was right in the church, had nothing to do with the world. Most of my brotherhood came from people outside of the church, and that is shocking and a big pill to swallow in my world. But God had to teach me this because with the no ma'am and no sirs, they know church. They know how to do church. They know the right sayings. They know the right speech. They know how to befriend you. They know what to do. So when you was green like I was green, if it sounded good, you'd be like, oh, right, that sounds like God, lacking discernment, right? But with mm-hmm. that no ma'am and no sir, it was not until I had to go through that process of the camouflage devil. And when I say the camouflage devil, I ain't talking about the man with the horn. <laughs> I'm talking about the <laughs> spirit of um, ignorance. 
And so it, it camouflages itself to attach itself to you only to suck the life out of you, leaving you dry, leaving you in the place of unfulfillment. And they'll continue to do that until you wither up and just be destroyed. So God had to teach me how to discern just those two. So those, those would be the two. Those would be the two. And those are powerful. All six of them are, are, are powerful, but I I just appreciate your explanation of those two. And um, that, that's probably one of my favorite sections uh, uh, in the book is to sort through all all of those, uh, the, the six sections in the social world. So I thank you for, for bringing some clarity to those things. And, Victoria, I'm, I'm going to turn Darren over to you now. Uh, um, y'all could keep on talking because I'm listening and I have my feet on. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let, let me say this. You know, when we, we asked um, Darren at the beginning of the uh, the broadcast, well, before we started recording, what we should call him, and he said, oh, just Darren. I beg to differ. Mm-hmm. We are mm. talking to Pastor <laughs> On Neil tonight, because he's teaching us some things and is definitely pastoring and ministering on here tonight. I'm telling you, so I, oh. I'm I'm just mm-hmm. a little flustered because I've just been listening. Going my 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 listeners, I'm gonna say this before I even ask my questions. Get the book. Get the book. Get the book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna say absolutely. So, okay. Yep. Ooh, the title, um, Pastor Darren is Discover um, the New You. Could you tell us a little bit about the new you um, that you're talking about? And you have said that the new you is who God originally intended you to be. Could you expound upon that a little bit? Yes. Um, In the book, it states that um, just what you said, um, you know, going back to the originality of what God had predestined, we are all an idea that came from the mind of God. When God created us, he had an idea and a purpose about our lives, um, and it was not to somewhat be uh, (laughs) devastating. Sometimes we put ourselves in devastation, and sometimes life happens to us. Um, so the best analogy is I can, that I can give is this. When a person first gets saved, you remember that night. You remember at least that first year. You was just excited. You was just, there was just a pureness about it. You know, you loved everybody. I mean, I don't care who they are because, you know, you've just been dipped in the blood. You've been laying with sackcloth and ashes, and you've just been with the Lord all day on the mountaintop. And so after a while, when things happen to us that our minds and our brains cannot fathom, we tend to question God. So that mm-hmm. comp- that that um, that assurity in God now begins to dwindle, and now we go from believing God to questioning God. And so when God, being who he is, do not answer us, then our beliefs begin to change about certain things. That's when doubt sets in. That's when fear comes in. That's when, you know, uh, discouragement comes in, and it alters our faith. That's why I have the book Ignited Faith, to bring their faith back up to the next level. And so with that being said, um, after we reach that part, you know, our lives become part or it becomes heavy. And if we're not taught the right word and the right context, it can really lead us down a path of devastation. And what I mean by that is this. If life happens to me and I do not know how to handle my trauma correctly, it can destroy my relationship not only with God but with people as well. 
And so mm-hmm. what happens is trauma has happened to a lot of us, especially in the church, but we have not been taught correctly on how to manage through that trauma. We have been taught to, if you, you, was, brought, if you was brought up in a church like me, you know, you know dance and shout and God's going to do it in three days. God's going to make it happen. Well, in three days, it didn't work. You know, uh, I, I tried <laughs> to do the run around the church three times. I'm running out of it. I actually ran deeper into it. So I said, ah, that is not going to work for my life. So what other options do I have? And so then you become, you know, like a shit without a cell. You're just like, my God. So things happen to your life, and it kind of alters your beliefs. So God wants to get us back on track. So becoming that new person is just God realigning us back, being harmonious, um, harmonious, excuse me, with his word, with us, um, and, and with, you know, the purpose that he has for our lives. So it's just back in alignment, to throw us back into alignment. All right. Amen. Amen. And you um, you are very transparent in your book about some things that you, you know, had to go through. Because you talk about that heaviness you kind of felt when you were by yourself. And, and talk about what does that mean when you say God does his best work when we are by ourselves at times. Oh, God, yes. Um, around 2016, I believe it was 2016, 2017, um, I was going through the changes, so I didn't really understand what it is, what it was to be alone, what it was to be lonely, and it's amazing because Bishop uh, Godby was just teaching on the Holy Spirit and all of that, you know, the loneliness and things like that Tuesday. Um, however, I did not know how to navigate that. I did not know how mm-hmm. to manage my emotions. I did not know at that time how to really, really, really um, pray my way through it. You know, I always was brought up as, you know, pray and God's going to do it. God's going to bring you out. But some things God does, do, he just does not bring you out. He let that thing sit on you. And the reason why he let it sit on you is just to, um, to get the glory out of your life and just to get the oil out of your life. But during that time, um, I had a preach in my hometown in Washington. It's in the book. And um, I wanted to be my last time. I saw the bottle of pills and I wanted to take all of it. I wanted to end my life Mm -hmm. just because I did not know how to manage my emotions. And so I didn't know if it was warfare, if it was me, or if God just just didn't want, he just didn't want me no more. I didn't know what what it was. And so um, I remember looking at you know, the, the bottle of pills, and um, it was just a big bottle of painkillers, and um, I looked at it, and then I was like, no, nah, I, I just, I had enough common sense, or I had enough spiritual discernment to hear God say, go tonight and preach like it's your last time, and wow. I got in the car, I was late getting to the church, unfortunately, um, and so I got to the church, and um, I walked up, and I never forget, I preached this, uh, the, the sermon title, Possessing Kingdom Power. And it was a young adult uh, revival night. And after I preached that revival, I preached, I I believe, myself out of that place of depression, out Mm. of that place of suppression. And I saw it break off of my life when I saw not only the young people but seasoned believers around the altar. They was crying out. The Lord allowed me to just lay hands on them, and you can just literally feel the chains break off of people. And so, Mm. you know, that is that that was where it came from, um, that story. Mm-hmm. So when God puts something heavy on you, sometimes it's just our responsibility because of the assignment that he has for us. And, you know, much giving and much required. You know, sometimes we just have to go through it. And now that mm-hmm. I am, you know, you know, 29 years old, um, about, what, seven, eight years from then, um, I look back and I can really, really 
uh, understand the scripture when it says the suffering of this present time is not worthy to be compared with the glory yeah. that shall be revealed in us because yeah. I have seen the glory of God work through my meetings and through my through through uh, uh, my setting uh, when I preach because of those moments handling trauma correctly and giving it over to Amen. God and just walking through the strength of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I, I I tell you I know we got to try to wrap it up. But um, I, I appreciate that. I thank you so much. Could you please tell our listeners where we can find the book and how they could connect with you if they would like to? Sure, sure. You can find my book, Discover the New You, on um, my website, www.darrenlonel.com. Again, it is mm-hmm. Darren, D-A-R-R-O-N. L-O-N-E-A-L.com, um, and you, there you will find all of the events, itinerary, all that good stuff. Um, you can follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Um, Instagram is I am Darren O'Neill, which is uh, attached to the Darren O'Neill Show page, and also my personal page on Facebook, um, Darren L. O'Neill. All right. Well, thank you so much. I wanted to ask you to sing, but I, I know we don't have time because we have to hear um, get root so, so next time you come, I'm gonna break protocol and ask Ooh, you to stay. Thank you, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Turn it over to Ruth. Thank you. Okay. Okay. So we've been talking about writing challenges, but let's look at reading challenges. And I realize not all of us are readers, but um, Annie Prolox said, writing comes from reading, and reading is the finest teacher of how to write. And if we want to improve our writing, we should be reading more. And yeah, we all have, you know, lots of stuff on our plates, but if we're serious about improving, you know, you're going to make time to read. And it's not like, you know, you have to read, you know, a book a week or four books a month or whatever. You know, you find the pace that works for you. If it's a chapter a day, you know, a couple chapters a week, you know, that, that is the important part. So, you know, you figure out what works for you, and if you don't know where to start, think about what you want to write. Do you want to write poetry? Read poetry. Do you want to write encouragement? Read encouragement. Um, do you want to write romance? Read romances. So, um, you know, you can start there, or you can check out uh, reading challenges on the Internet. There are quite a few out there, and I found a great, challenge that you can start with um, tonight. You know, again, you read at your own pace, but, you know, you can start by reading a book published the year you were born. So for me, 1974, that includes Jaws by Peter Bensley. I would, I never knew that until I looked it up. So um, you can read a book by a local author. We have four here present today. So um, All right. you can read a that's right. You can read a book outside of your genre. You're outside of your comfort zone. You may discover a new great book, or you may find it's not like it's not what you like. So, but the key is to explore. Um, you can read a book in translation. I, I love history books, and I, I enjoy reading Oliver Potts's uh, "The Hangman's Daughter" series that were translated from the German. Uh, next month for the River Church's book club. We're going to be reading The Reason I Jumped by um, Naoki Higashada, uh, which was translated from Japanese. So, mm-hmm. you know, we read to discover what the rest of the world is reading and writing. Um, you can also reread a book. 
I've, I've got four books on my Kindle that I reread every so often. I know what's going to happen because it's a familiar story, and I love the characters. It's like connecting to old friends. So that sounds cheesy, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, <laughs> So these are some of the items on the challenge, but, you know, the point is to read, and if you don't, you know, like the way the challenge, if this challenge doesn't work for you, there are so many others on the Internet. You can just Google reading challenges, you know, find one you like, figure out your pace, and then just read. And that's my tip. All right. Mm-hmm. Good tip for the night, Miss Ruth. Good tip. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up for us tonight on Authors Up. We are certainly glad that all of you joined us tonight, all of our listeners. Darren, we can't thank you enough for being with us tonight. We look forward to your next work being published and available so we can have you back on and tell us all about that as well. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for the opportunity for all three of you. I really appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, uh, Ruth, do you have any closing comments tonight? Well, I just again, I want to say thank you again to Darren and to our listeners. If you have any comments you want to share with us, any stories, any questions at all, go ahead and email us at authorsup at gmail.com. And how about you, Victoria? Do you have any closing comments for tonight? Just one Once again, get the book. Pastor Darren has spoken. (laughs) Oh, she said Pastor Darren. Uh, You did say we were supposed to be prophetic. Yes, that's right. Hold on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, again, thank everybody for for being with us, and and, um, there is a replay of this broadcast that will be on Saturday at 7 uh, p.m., so if you heard something tonight and you want to re-listen or you have a friend that you think would benefit from the conversation that we had with uh, Darren tonight, we thank you for that. You can always come back here at 7 p.m. on Saturday. But our regular time is Sunday evenings at 7 p.m. Until then, this is Andrea Hines with Victoria Henderson Poole and Ruth Griffin. And there's never a dull moment here at Authors Up. Up.